Influencers, inspiration, and Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. This is Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Here's Connor Begley. Welcome to Earned, everybody. Thanks for joining today. Uh, today, we are going to learn from one of the top influencer and digital marketing experts in the world, Angelique Bendet. Uh, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Connor. Real pleasure to be on. And you have quite the resume, by the way. Um, you know, I looked at, obviously right now, you're the VP and head of marketing at Allo. But then before that, which is one of the top 10 brands we track. I mean, this is like one of the killer brands when it comes to direct to consumer. I think they're one of the top five to 10 stores on Shopify by revenue. They're a top 10 brand that we track in apparel by EMB. You're beating brands like, you know, Lululemon, Reebok, Fabletics. Like these are big names. Yeah. Um, and then even before that, you did Stitch Fix, then Sephora, Dolby. Like this is your, your, uh, your resume there is pretty impressive, including selling your own agency or building and then selling your own agency. So, uh, so really excited (laughs) to have you today. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs) So tell me, tell me a little bit about your background. So, you know, how did, you know, from kind of early days and then into agency, you know, starting your own agency, what was that path? Like what, how did you, how did you get there and what made you decide like, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah, so I had started on the retail side um, in the luxury market in Canada, the luxury fashion market, um, with a retailer called Holt Renfrew. I was actually working at Holt Renfrew as a student within, you know, the retail space, but then had transitioned over into the head office space and started working on marketing campaigns there. Um, I, you know, I knew from the get-go that although I had studied accounting and later went on to do business strategy for my MBA, um, that marketing was really my sweet spot. I was also like, I have always been very, very interested in tech, innovation, new developments, new ways of reaching folks um, and new communities. So I kind of felt into really honing in different marketing skills across the digital landscape um, and integrated as well. Um, so yeah, started out with Colt Renfrew, skipped over from being a student in retail to graduating into the head office and really working through email campaigns, opening up what was scary and interesting at this time, something called Facebook, opening (laughs) that up for the brand. (laughs) Um, And so really started my foray into new channels and, you know, social um, and digital uh, places for people to connect, as opposed to what was traditional catalog or in-store with retailers. Um, So that's where I started. I then joined a management consulting firm where we did digitization across multiple industries. So mostly the banking industry, the insurance industry. I'm Canadian. And so, you know, the equivalent to Wall Street in Canada is Bay Street in Toronto. (laughs) And (laughs) um, at a smaller level, of course, but um, worked for a slew of banks on Bay Street in Canada, helping them really digitize their processes instead of coming into a bank to see a teller. I worked on programs and softwares and even change management within the org. Um, to help banks, insurance companies and whatnot get to places where, you know, instead of that bank um, teller check in person, you can now download it on your phone. And, you know, it was really the foray and start of uh, transitioning to a digital space um, for this very, very historical, (laughs) or sorry, not historical, archaic type of system, which was banking. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I knew that back from, you know, whole Renfrew, 
my passion truly was in luxury and fashion and lifestyle, even beauty. Um, and we happened to have a client called Kara Stas, which is part of the L'Oreal family, um, who was on with us. So I then came to a point in my career where it was, it was a decision. Do I either take on Kara Stas as a full-time client or do I stay and do banking? Um, and there's a lot of money to be done within management consulting within those industries, but obviously not being a passion. Um, so knowing that, you know, this was hitting home on marketing, on luxury, on, um, just like the lifestyle that I enjoy marketing to folks too. Um, I decided to take a leap. I decided to take a leap, take a chance and start my own agency after the existing work that we had with Kara Stas and really take them on holistically as a client. So that's when my agency days started. I had a business partner. She was ex L'Oreal. Um, came out and started our agency with me, so Avenue Digital. We ended up having um, contracts for 27 of the 32 L'Oreal Canada brands at the time. We did Whoa. everything from, yeah, we did everything <laughs> from like wireframing to PR events to, um, you know, helping create email list campaigns um, to everything from like graphic design and whatnot. So it was very holistic in terms of agency help. We had a slew of contractors at any given moment, right? We had hourly and contract workers, um, like between 20 and 25 um, folks working for the agency on these various accounts. We were also very lucky um, because there's some Montreal-based companies that are also global um, that we caught the eye of. So we got an exclusive with Aldo, Aldo Shoes, Call mm -hmm. It Spring. We were also doing Nestle Canada. Um, so our very small and humble agency grew from this small account to multiple accounts at a company to multiple companies um, with a worldwide reach. And again, all in the sphere of like fashion, beauty, lifestyle, Adidas, as well as one of our clients. Um, and that truly is where, you know, I learned most of, like I was learning as I was doing. I was learning from our contractors that we were bringing in. There might've been an expert in, influencer marketing at the time. And so we brought that, that expert in who was freelancing and we helped, you know, launch NYX Canada or NYX Cosmetics in Canada through UGC and influencer content. Um, so yeah, I got really great accolades, learned as I was doing, but mostly also learned um, overarching strategy and how to look at marketing from an integrated manner, from a really 360 manner. So a slew of clients, Absolutely loved um, our time in agency. We owned the agency for about four, four and a half years. And then there was a bid for acquisition um, by one of our biggest clients. You can guess who. Um, just, you know, <laughs> all our eggs being in the same basket, which, which was fine, right? We were a very small and scrappy startup that had, you know, that, you know, we, we did pride ourselves on full service marketing agency and, you know, from, from A to Z, we were able to touch on multiple things for, for accounts we had. Um, so it became clear that we were going to be, you know, acquired and come internally as their content studio at the time in Montreal. Um, my business partner decided to go internally. I decided to not. Yep, <laughs> um, yep. was actually, you know, we celebrate these as wins and it's easy to see that these are wins with a few years um, in retrospect, but it was incredibly difficult for me, Connor. Um, it was like my my business or my baby was taken away from me at the time. Um, yeah. So, you know, when it, you have a 50-50 partnership, 
tough decisions are made. Um, so yeah, so all of a sudden I found myself, you know, really thinking, what are the next steps? What is it that I want to do? I did have NDAs in place specifically for the beauty industry um, in Canada. And so, you know, not long after the press releases came out, um, Sephora came knocking uh, and Sephora in the US. So my NDAs in Canada, you know, kind of were limited there. And so they asked me if I wanted to come to their head office um, in San Francisco, relocate and um, really run their social media and influencer marketing team. Um, it was a great idea, right? My, um, it like it kind of presented itself to me at the right time. I was available. I thought it would be great because I'm a huge fan of LVMH overall. Um, and so Sephora being, you know, a great brand within the space that I had just spent, you know, the, like less than five years, but the larger part of like the four and a half years really honing and deep diving in on. Um, it was just a great opportunity. So relocated to San Francisco, um, was at the helm of the social media and influencer marketing team, did a lot of really great things, um, changed what was traditionally social to a social commerce platform, uh, worked with you know Instagram and Facebook on all the alphas and betas at the time for direct shopping. Now that I'm saying it to you, it sounds like, oh yeah, everyone can go shop. <laughs> but back then this was like truly revolutionary. It was like, wait, you can shop directly off Instagram and not bounce back from LinkedIn bio to their page. Um, so worked on really cool, neat projects, brought a lot of great innovation to the retailer. And of course, like worked with a tremendous team to do that. Um, I did that for about a year and a half. I was then promoted to be at the helm of campaigns and content. Um, so integrated marketing for beauty. At Sephora, you have beauty, hair, skin. Um, yep. And so I was at the helm of everything beauty from an integrated manner. So what I had brought to the social and influencer team was truly bringing that to email, site, push notifications, in-store, display. Um, so owning that holistically. I did that for about just under another year and a half. Um, and being Canadian, I have always been on visas and I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm okay to be open about that now because for anyone immigrating or for anyone, you know, not necessarily from the US, we do have to deal with visas and it's hard. You can't be applying to jobs that, you know, you feel that you're qualified for, or you can't really outreach, um, but you're also limited into like the timing. And so mm -hmm, there was a big mm -hmm. leadership change at Sephora, Calvin McDonald, the CEO um, left for Lululemon. Um, he's Canadian, went back to Canada. And so, you know. <laughs> I'm surprised they, I'm surprised they've never drawn you in. Um, surprised you've never been uh, recruited to Lulu <laughs> or maybe you have and you just haven't done it. I mean, Vancouver is great, but we really love California. So <laughs> there's some of that factoring into. Um, yeah, okay. But yeah, I, um, yeah, with leadership changes, I followed a leader over to Dolby, um, you know, because there's security and securing that, that visa situation. Um, and, you know, all immigrants will relate here, um, <laughs> or all visa holders will relate. And, um, worked on um, building up the very first consumer marketing team at Dolby Laboratories. So Dolby is traditionally a B2B company. Um, and this was the very first arm of B2C. So launching things like Dolby Soho and Experiential in New York, where we did things like, you know, launch of the Lion King or launch of 
um, like a slew of different movies and activations that were in partnership with Dolby, and then also launched the very first consumer product, which was Dolby Dimension. Um, so being at the helm of that was was amazing. That again was on a contract. Um, we also did a slew of things that you know. I guess I always bring this to the work I do, but partnered with. Michael uh, Kors for the Michael Michael Kors launch and Bella Hadid and brought that to Dolby Soho. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things in the work that we did there, but ultimately, you know, a tech company in the B2B space, I knew that was not my forever home. I mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. lucky enough to um, have another leader at Dolby, um, one of my peers, Bryna Corcoran, um, who went and left to go to Stitch Fix. And, you know, again, being kind of limited by visas, like you can never really apply. But if someone's like, hey, I have this interesting offer for you, would you be interested? You would kind of go in that way. And so I entertained those conversations. I fell in love with Stitch Fix, fell in love with Katrina, um, the founder and like the vision and all that. So decided to join Stitch Fix. Um, and um, again, at the helm of what was more social influencer on earn own paid channels. Um, yep. So content marketing in that realm and created things like an ambassador program, um, right? It was, it was kind of mind boggling in the sense that Stitch Fix has about 2000 stylists in the country. So in the US itself, and they hadn't tapped into them for influencer marketing, content marketing, um, anything um, outside of their day-to-day -day job. And so, you know, really came well, in and, and created that program. I would imagine, I would imagine that those people are super passionate about fashion too, mm -hmm. right? Like that's why they took the job. And so super. they're probably, yeah. Yeah, super passionate to your point, hyper knowledgeable too. Um, so if you're gonna do lives or if you're gonna do consultations or anything like that, like these are the right people to speak to. Um, so just a great, great opportunity for content creation and for, for ambassadors of the brand, really. Um, so I was really proud on, on launching that and having it still thriving today, obviously. Um, but yeah, back to kind of my origin story of, you know, being on a visa and kind of following these opportunities that presented to themselves. I transparently got my green card um, just at the top of this year. Um, so just as of January and well, end of December, beginning of January. And for the first time in, you know, a really long time, I want to say over a decade, I was finally able to say, actually, this is where I want to work. This is the company mm -hmm. I want to work for. This mm -hmm. is the mandate. This is, I want to join a purpose-led organization that has a very, very strong mission. Um, and also, you know, does good in the world, right? There's Allo Gives, which is a huge charitable component. Um, and so I was able to, for the first time, in a really long time in my career, kind of own my destiny and um, apply out for a job that I wanted. Um, Allo came to me, but this was something that I like actively pursued. Um, yeah. And I didn't have to worry about visas and I didn't have to worry about any of that. Um, but it's just such an incredible brand. It's, you know, one of the, to your points on stats earlier, you know, one of the hottest brands in the world. And um, we're still, small and nimble. We're US-based yeah. primarily when you look at our retail footprint. Um, obviously we ship globally, but um, just such an incredible opportunity to come at a brand um, which is in hyper growth mode. So yeah, very exciting for me to be at the helm of marketing for Aloe Yoga. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really cool story. I, I'd be curious 
you know, if you were to go back, let's say post agency, right? So you sell the agency, you're kind of looking for your next thing. Um, and you had the flexibility from a visa perspective or anywhere along the jersey you had full flexibility, right? There's no, no rules. How would things have gone differently? What do you think you would have done differently? Or is it something you don't really think about too much? No, I don't think about it too much because I absolutely love everything that I've learned, all the folks that I've met, all the great opportunities. I came in at companies at times where social commerce didn't exist, or I came in at times where uh, there was no B2C arm to, to a brand, or there was no, you know, um, it. so I have no regrets at all. I do think that, you know, after the sale, if things would have been like my way, and if I would have decided, I probably would have still wanted to join LVMH. Um, I've yeah, always been, yeah. you know, a huge fan of everything fashion, lifestyle, luxury, and LVMH has always been a dream company of mine, right? So yeah, I don't think I would have done anything differently at all. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's good to hear that didn't restrict you, right? Because I think, I mean, we see, we have a lot of people that are on visas and, you know, especially during the kind of last administration, they made it pretty tough on people, right? To like, yeah. to make it through that process. Um, we've had people that had to move home for a while, had to move back and yeah. I tried to help them navigate that. It's a, it's a real deal. And it's kind of unbelievable that you'd have somebody that's like motivated, driven, committed to the, you know, contributing to the economy in a meaningful way. And then you make it really hard for them to stick around once they're already here. Like that's yeah. so weird to me. Um, yeah. But, and it's scary. Uh, it's scary too. I'm sure you've dealt this with some of the employees on your side, but it's a scary time. Um, and the last administration made it, you know, scary for us folks that, we're not sure, like, could we travel home? Some colleagues of mine or friends of mine were traveling back home and then couldn't come back into the country. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've heard that. uh, Yeah, I I think that's still going on. I think we're still dealing with those effects, but uh, it certainly seems like the winds have changed in terms of the approach there, hopefully. Um, So talk to me about, you know, when you entered into Aloe, right? You've been there a little bit of time now, right? I think three or four months. So you've you've now gotten acquainted, right? You like, you know, the business. So now, so when you came in, you know, what was different about them in terms of their approach? Because again, just looking from a purely numerical basis, like they are punching way above their weight in the data that we track. And they also, (laughs) you know, they're one of the best performing direct consumer brands in the world. Um, And I think a lot of the brands that you have been at have been, I mean, Stitch Fix is obviously a very forward-leaning brand. They've been very cool brands, but I wouldn't say that they're like the new up-and-comer, right? And yeah. so um, so what was different when you walked in? What, what, what surprised you uh, when you came in the door about the way that they approached things? Yeah, to be fully transparent with you, it's a highly entrepreneurial um, spirit and highly entrepreneurial company. It's founder-led, we're privately owned um, uh, by two of our co-founders, Danny Harris and Marco DeGeorge. And um, the way that we operate within functional teams as well is highly entrepreneurial. We own our businesses. And so, you know, we're able to track the data or track what we're doing, watch it in real time, make real time pivots. And it doesn't have to go up and down an escalation path of approvals or disapprovals. Um, And so, you know, that was the culture that fit me. Obviously, yes, being at the helm of the marketing team, I'm able to help pivot that and help, you know, um, not pivot it, sorry, but I'm, I'm able to have impact and have that seat at the table. But honestly, 
all of my direct reports under me are empowered to do the same and below them and so on and so forth. Um, so it is highly entrepreneurial and we don't take, you know, even if it's 48 hours or if it's like two weeks, it doesn't take approval processes to pivot. I was mentioning earlier, just before we started recording, um, you know, Aloe House. Aloe House was a huge, huge um, social moment, influencer moment, UGC moment for us um, that I'm sure you were able to see kind of like spike up uh, in data. <laughs> and that, you know, was the week of um, June 21st. So between the 22nd of June and the 25th of June, and that came together in five weeks, you know, from ideation through to execution, through to having the event, there's only five weeks time there. And yep. um, knowing that, you know, I'm able to have that much impact in such little time, but my team is able to be empowered to have that much impact and turn around. That's what's truly different. Um, it's forward facing, highly innovative, um, but also really on the pulse of the trend. Um, so it's not like what are others in our space doing? It's what are we doing and what what is truly allo? And it's easy for us to do that because we are purpose driven, You know, bringing yoga and mindful movement to the world. What does that mean for us and how do we you know, go about in our marketing um, activations that way. Yeah, that makes sense. How do they, in terms of kind of team structure, you know, how is that structured? Like, what are the big groups within Allo, right? Like where, because I'd be curious just for other marketers out there, you know, they're going to have entirely different setups, right? So like, yeah. how do you, what are the big units that you guys kind of focus on? Yeah, so I can walk you through the units that the marketing team focuses on. Um, so within my marketing team, I have five, um, I guess, functional pillars. Um, so yep. you would have like traditional PR, um, yep. then I have influencer, then I have social, then I have integrated marketing, and lastly, I have community. Um, community, yep. everything that's community experience and not necessarily community management on social, that, that would be in social, but yeah experience and community. Um, so those five pillars are truly what drive us. Um, everything is integrated. Um, and we're, you know, at an exciting time because we, you know, not a long time ago acquired um, our app platform, which is now Allo Moves. And yep. Allo Moves is, it's a whole other function that I'm currently working on integrating as well. Um, but yeah, also, work within those same pillars for aloe moves in addition to aloe yoga so it comes holistically to the client's perspective as you know just aloe overarchingly yeah that makes sense it's funny to think about you know you listed those departments and i think that uh everything but maybe community are digital um like it's all very digital focused mm -hmm. um yeah no that makes a ton of sense and then uh you know just from a kind of a, a budgeting perspective you know, how do you think about kind of, you know, if you were to take your budget and kind of lie it out, kind of, or lay it out, I should say, don't lay it out, lay it out. You know, what are the big, like, how are you splitting those up, right? How much of it is in each group and dedicated to each, each marketing activity? If you feel comfortable disclosing it, you don't have to, if you don't want to. Yeah, no, um, like without giving you the specifics, we yeah. are actually small and nimble. You know, folks yeah. come to us and are like, how do you have, um, how do you have, um, I don't know, Kendall Jenner work with you and why is she always wearing aloe or how is, how are some of these celebrities like Hailey Bieber or Maluma or how are they all wearing aloe? And the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of it is organic, right? They love aloe yep, yep, as much as we yep. love aloe. Um, and so, you know, um, 
if someone were to look at their at their budget and not necessarily at allo and say you know how do i how do i get there too i would say it's not about the money that you spend within influencers or celebrities or within pr wherever that budget is allocated for that tier of talent um, or that tier of influence it's actually about you know having that purpose and mission and ensuring that your community knows that purpose and mission and and so on and so forth so um without answering you directly it's evenly, <laughs> in, it's evenly distributed um but yeah don't be fooled a lot of our a lot of our relationships are organic because there's just so much love um kendall has been you know she said this numerous times like i've discovered aloe like i'm I'm part yep. of the Aloe fam and we're like, yeah, of course, like you are. Um, and, you know, we really prize ourselves on, on that relationship and those multiple relationships. That's just one example of them. Um, but yeah, it's not, we're not throwing dollars at, you know, whoever comes our way. It's, it's people that are part of the community who are really big on mental health advocacy or mindful movement, um, meditation, yoga, um, that kind of come to us and we build that build that relationship holistically as opposed to one and done deals. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, it's really consistent with what we see work across, across brands. Right. So you start to hear these, these themes, uh, you know, and I think the people just really underestimate that kind of organic component. I mean, when we look at like a brand like fashion Nova, which is one of the, you know, largest investors in influencer marketing sure. globally, right. Just mm -hmm. wild mm -hmm. the scale, you know, They've got about, call it 1,500 to 2,000 influencers that they're going to pay, right, on an annualized basis. Um, but there are going to be about 12,000 influencers that are going to talk about them, right? Meaning they're only paying less than 20% of all the people that talk about them. And they're one of the biggest investors in the world in the space. And so, if not the biggest. And so, uh, yeah, people really underestimate that. How do you think about kind of that interaction between, you know, because you do have a group of people that are ambassadors to the brand that you, you know, you interact with, there's some financial relationship there. How do you think about that interaction between kind of, or well, first, how do you decide who to work with? Um, and then once you do, like, how do you think about that interaction between organic and paid? Like, how does that work together? Yeah, um, you know, we're really big on community um, and ensuring that we create you know, events for our community members. We host something like 90 events a month, um, Connor. And Whoa. that's <laughs> and that's worldwide, right? You might that's be in Israel crazy. or in Mexico or in France or whatnot. That's a ton of events, but we yeah. you know, truly believe in all of us have the power of influence. You don't have to have 12 million followers, 32 million followers, 2 million followers. Like it, you don't have to have followers to be influential or to be consider considered valuable for our community, right? We have folks that like you and me during the pandemic, we're maybe on Ella moves and we're like, how do I, you know, continue my practice when I can't go to studios? Or you have folks that are aspiring to be yoga teachers or are yoga teachers. Um, and so looking at those relationships and understanding the value in each and every one of them is truly our approach. Um, so yes, we do have a large influencer marketing team, or I guess like you could say partner marketing team um, yep. at Allo, because again, it's not about, um, it's not about someone's following. It's about, yeah, their influence, but also are they aligned in their mission with us? Um, they might want to host an event on our behalf, or they might want to join us at a retreat um, to do X, or they might want to, you know, um, bring this to their clients, whether they're at the dog pound or whether it's 
Harley Pasternak treating his celebrity clients in Hollywood. Like, how do we partner with those folks um, to ensure that, you know, they're wearing the most performance based clothing to do their workouts or how do they have the most advanced equipment to do their practice. Um, so we partner with a variety of folks that are influential in their own regards, whether that's fitness, fashion, health, wellness, um, like you name it. You know, the relationships are not only to your question based on like, how do you pay who? And then what does that look like? And how do you identify? It's how do you partner in a way that's beneficial for them as well? Um, yep, and totally. it could be, yeah, allowing them to have our equipment in their studios or stores or allowing them to create yoga retreats with our knowledge and background and equipment. So it, it takes on a slew of different meanings um, and ways of showing up in the world. Then your traditional pay to play transactional, here's, I'm gonna give you a fictitious example. Here's a $500 check posted on your feed that one time and never bring it back up. Like we, you and I know as marketers within the space, right? That that doesn't really work. You can go with it if you're looking for volume and it can have like spikes in sales. Um, it can help for that. But if you're looking for long-term relationship building or longevity, it's not your one and done. It's relationship building and it could take multiple years. And I would say anyone listen, listening to this, um, you know, if you do want to win in the long-term, it's take that long-term approach as well. It's okay if it takes three years to build out um, yeah, yeah. that relationship, but then it will be so much more valuable. Um, but yeah, so. People have the hardest time with that. They're like, but Connor, like, but I want it to happen now. Like I want it to impact this quarter sales. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, that's just not how we've seen it work. Like, I'd love to tell you a strategy or a time we've seen it work and it just doesn't. And I think the other thing to add to that too is not only let's say that you run that initiative and um, you see that initial spike. Well, the thing that you underestimate is like, what are the effects on everybody else, right? So you have this huge community of people that are avid supporters of you. And you went out and paid this celebrity a bunch of money to talk about you who's never loved the brand before. Well, how does that affect everybody else, right? Everybody else goes, well, that doesn't feel right. Like we know they don't like Aloe. Why are they partnering with them? Um, yeah. And so it actually has an impact on everybody else negatively that probably offsets whatever you gained from that one, that one small boost. And okay. frankly, most of the time you don't see a boost in sales, right? Like the vast majority right. of the time you do it yeah. and it doesn't even work. So, you know, yeah. so it's like a double negative. Um, yeah, wait, so demo I wanna... the days. Oh, sorry. No, no, no you go, go ahead. You go, you go. No, I was going to say, dinner. I keep saying this um, in some conversations, but dinner are the days of like the skinny tees or like dinner are the days of, you know, a celebrity endorsement that's like, oh yeah, let me look into this. Like consumers, you and I, when we're on social or wh wherever we are, we're wiser, right? Um, yep. And we know, yep. like, okay, this is a paid partnership. She's not going to show this again, or he's not going to show this again. Um, so dinner are the days of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take it. I want to take into that 90 events a month though. Like that was just like a little thing you dropped in there that uh, <laughs> is like, like, I mean, cause you know, I think 90 days a month is different. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, I actually don't have a good enough understanding of your retail presence. But, you know, for Lululemon, it makes sense to have like a ton of events, right? Because they have all these physical stores and whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, so how do you pull that off? Like, what does that actually look like? What what are those events? Yeah. So to your point, um, and for those kind of tuning in and listening, yeah, it's true. We don't, we're not in all the malls. We're not like, we're not, you know, we're not mass. We're not 
all of those things. Um, we definitely, our retail presence is very, very concentrated in LA, New York, yep. opening up, you know, a few other stores um, in the US this year, but it's not, it's not like casting our net wide. It's casting our net specifically um, um, to, to, to markets of influence and to markets where um, with some, so, some of our like-minded consumers are. Um, yep. But yeah, back to events, we host community-based events. We have something called Club Allo. Um, so if you look it up, it's also on our website. But even if you look up at like the UGC content coming out of Club Allo or the hashtag itself, um, that's where we host our up to 90 events a month. And um, on average, it is close to 90 events and it's um, community hosted in partnership with us. It's all around the world. Um, so back to what I was saying earlier, in a month, you might have one, like in a day, you might have an event in Israel, you might have one on Zoom that we're hosting, you might have one in person that we're hosting, you might have another community event or retreat that's in Bali, and then next in Turkey, next in Canada, next in, like it's throughout the world. Um, we have, you know, uh, a part of our community team that I was mentioning earlier that really is responsible for hosting those and ensuring that they you know, are on brand, but that we're also enabling our hosts, if it's not directly hosted by us, to truly be a representation. So it's someone that is in the Aloe family. They might be a yoga teacher, they might be hosting their retreat or you know, running part of their own business and, and doing like a, a retreat, let's say in Bali, um, but it's part of Aloe. So it'll, you'll see Aloe equipment, it'll be an, an Aloe yoga teacher, who's hosting it, um, you know, we'll lean in with activations, we'll lean in with support, we'll lean in with materials. And so that's truly how we get scale. But it's again, back to building that community, right? We partner with our community members so that they are branded events and that they are coming from us. But yeah, it takes a lot of time and dedication to run these 90 events a month. And we truly believe in them. And, um, you know, that's just where we're at now. Imagine in like two or three years, it's gonna continue to scale. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And I think what's interesting about activities like that is that's not an activity that's particularly easy to measure from like a return on investment perspective. Like, how do you measure the value there, right? Like, okay, you sell a few pieces of clothing, right? It's, it, there's not, like, that's not why you're doing it. Um, do you feel like, how do you balance that as a marketer in a, in a world in which so many things are measurable, right? That those are the things that tend to get emphasis but the reality is that often the things that you can't measure are the ones that are the most important. How do you balance those two types of activities and that, you know, the transparency that we have today as well as the, the lack of transparency? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting because it is a debate. You know, there's, there's sometimes two types of marketers, marketers that only believe in, um, you know, growth data or um, that only believe in like pay to play and they forget about building a brand. You know, as mm -hmm. you're building a brand, you know, you go back to word of mouth, you go back to, oh, what are you wearing today? Oh my gosh, I'm wearing aloe. Or, hey, you're wearing aloe too. How did you get that color drop? It was so hard to get, um, like at a studio or whatever. Um, word of mouth and brand building is so, so crucial. And a lot of new D2C brands these days, you know, the ones that kind of like pop up and fizzle out or whatnot, um, they tend to forget that. They invest everything in hyper growth. It's all about acquisition, retargeting, and they forget about building a brand. Um, I would say to those types of marketers that don't believe in both, right? Like I'm a data first marketer and I'm not, I don't hide that, right? But um, 
as you're building a brand, there's ways to track what that looks like. It might be uptick in UGC. It might be, you know, you're creating a health, um, a brand health study, brand lift study. Um, you're looking at things like what are inbound requests from some of these celebrities? Is media picking us up organically? In our case, a lot of it, or I mean, most of it, all of it is organic. And um, if you don't invest in brand, if you don't invest in those relationships and you don't invest in these community events or larger events like Aloe House, or you don't invest in building um, a community of, let's say, you know, we have clean and green um, skincare and body care, and it's it goes beyond just apparel or yoga equipment that we have, um, we truly are like a full holistic lifestyle brand. If we don't invest in some of those beauty associates or you know beauty experts like you're never going to grow and scale no one's going to recommend you organically so um the way that we break it out is you know we track both sides but we also understand the value in in that brand lift and investing in brand and it's not always going to sure return right away but for sure i guarantee connor if you start building like a brand health or brand lift study over that course of the year you will see that upward traction. You're, you know, becoming a household name doesn't happen by growth or acquisition. It happens by investing in the brand. Um, and so it's longer term, it's back to our conversation of influencer, you know, is it pay to play or do I invest in the two or three year relationship? It's the same thing with a consumer. Um, I don't always want something back from my client. You don't have to convert right away, but come get informed, come learn, come take, one of our Zoom classes where we walk you through, I don't know, holistic eating, or it might be, you know, a takeover with Roddy, who's walking us through our doshas or whatever it is, like, let us give back to you too. Um, and then you can understand if Aloe was a brand for you. I love that. And, uh, you know, again, not every direct consumer marketer thinks that way, right? You had a little bit of LVMH in you there, right? Like how do we build a hundred year <laughs> brand, right? Yeah. Um, but let's, let's do fun end of show question. I've taken up enough of your time. Um, so what is the one thing that you miss most and the one thing that you miss least about living in Canada? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, the one thing I miss most is obviously the people. My friends and family yeah. are still there. Um, and that's like the obvious answer. And I think for everyone, they would say that. Um, but if you were to ask me the one thing that I do miss most outside of that and outside of like that very, very emotional component, I definitely miss the seasons, um, mm. living in California. And this is not like a U.S. Canada thing. It's more like I live in California now. Um, and so there are less seasons, but then to counter that, I don't miss the snow. I love the snow over the holidays. <laughs> I love going skiing. I love winter activities, but I like going to them. Um, so going back home and doing that. You know, hopefully now post pandemic, we'll be able to actually go back to Canada this holiday season that's upcoming. Um, I haven't been in two years and that's been hard from a people standpoint. Like I incredibly so miss family, friends, but then also, I guess I'm all over the place with this, but French Canadian <laughs> is, you know, we speak French and that there's like French music, French artists, French language films. And um, there is such a strong culture there too that um, that I do miss sometimes, but yeah. So it's, yeah, it's all over the place. I miss it, but I love California and this is our forever home. So we're not, we're not leaving. I love the surf in the morning. You caught me earlier um, when I had like 
just came out of the water. My hair was up and I was like, wait, let me go put my hair down and put a blazer on. But yeah, I would not switch anything in the world for jumping out, going for a surf, coming back to work in the morning. Like that's, there's something magical about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty tough to be. My, uh, my in-laws were originally from Michigan and they as well do not miss the snow. Like they love skiing. They love getting out in the snow, but like living in the snow and not having a choice is, is pretty tough. So uh, that surf <laughs> in the morning, that's so funny. I didn't realize you've been surfing. That's very uh, classic California for you there. Yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for joining. I know I learned a lot today. I think others learned a lot. And uh, good luck in your journey as the new head of marketing at Allo Yoga and uh, excited to see where you take the brand. Yeah. Thank you so much for today, Connor. I so appreciate it. I'll chat Bye, with Angelique. you soon. Bye. Hit subscribe now. Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Tribe Dynamics unlocks your social media influencer community. Our platform not only tracks and measures your best influencer relationships, but discovers new influencers to grow your business through earned media. Get started with a demo today at tribedynamics.com. Tribedynamics.com.